So John the Baptist in today's gospel makes his second appearance during our Advent season. Last week in chapter 3 of Matthew, we find John at the Jordan River baptizing and encouraging the people to repent because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Fast forward to this week in chapter 11 of Matthew, we find John in prison reaching out to Jesus, from preaching hope to sitting in prison. I guess we can all take comfort that we had a better week than John the Baptist. But what happened to John during those intervening seven chapters of Matthew's Gospel? Actually, there's only one reference, one other reference to John the Baptist in this section of the Bible but it's a very important one. John actually baptizes Jesus. Now the church won't celebrate the baptism of our Lord until January 12th, but it's important to note that John witnessed this incredible event. And when he baptized Jesus, the heavens opened and the Spirit of God descended like a dove upon Jesus. And the voice was heard saying, this is my beloved son on who I am well pleased. And in spite of witnessing that, in our gospel today, John has doubts. He's confused. He has questions. Is Jesus truly the Messiah? And he's wondering, or should we look for another? This seems kind of odd given all that John the Baptist experienced. But when Jesus performed his many works, giving sight to the blind, having the deaf hear, curing the leper, raising the dead, allowing the cripples to walk, it didn't meet John's expectation of what he thought the Messiah would do or how he would act. In last week's Gospel, we heard John's vision of the one who is to come. And that was one of judgment and punishment and vindication. Jesus confused many others during his time because they had visions that the Messiah would be a great warrior, a conqueror. Others believed that the Messiah would be a magnificent king. But the teachings of Jesus his healing and his mercy and love was confusing to many who had no idea, no clear idea, what the Messiah would do or how he would act. I think this is something that many of us can relate to. At times, we might pray, God, why did you let this terrible thing happen? Or God, why won't you help me solve this problem? We see the headlines in the news full of violence and corruption and a lack of civility. And we might ask ourselves, where is God in all of that? But if John the Baptist, who Jesus praises in the gospel today, actually offering him the highest compliment that no one born of woman is greater than he, if John the Baptist, John the Baptist is puzzled about the Messiah. 
Is it any wonder that sometimes we're confused as to how God works with and through our lives? Sometimes we pray and pray and ask and ask and nothing seems to happen. I think when that occurs, it's time for us maybe to ask another question. God, what are you trying to tell me? Jesus gives us the same answer today that he gave John's disciples. We need to see and hear. We need to slow down and become more aware of the sights and sounds of where Jesus is acting in our everyday lives. We need to recognize the abundant blessings that Jesus bestows on each and every one of us. We know that God's ways are not our ways. And so we need to heed the advice of our second reading today. We need to be patient. I know that's easier said than done. But we're encouraged to always be patient while we await the coming of the Lord, while we wait for the Lord to work with and through us in our lives. We need to believe that Jesus hears us and have trust and faith that he'll provide us with everything we need. So how do we find joy on this third Sunday of Advent? The church is encouraging us to rejoice on Gaudete Sunday. We know that not everyone comes into the holiday season cheerful, full of happiness and joy. Many of us have to bear burdens, economic, emotional, physical. But we need to take hope in the fact that Jesus has come to dwell amongst us. We know that the burdens we have to deal with can be even harder during the holiday season. Sometimes the superficial signs don't meet all the expectations that we have. The hustle and bustle can lead to stress and anxiety, sometimes disappointment, maybe even depression. But we can take comfort in the fact that Jesus came to dwell among us, even in particular for those who are suffering. Jesus is the cause for our joy. He can lead us to restoration, renewal, and wholeness. He's the good news brought to the poor and those in need. And we can see this in the imaginative examples of his many works. Something is lost and it is found. Something's wounded and it's healed. Sight, hearing, cleanliness, mobility, life. Dignity is restored to those who need them. Jesus restores creation. He turns mourning and sorrow into joy. So we, as people of faith, are, are encouraged to look beyond the surface aspects of joy, be, beyond the 
constant Christmas music and the holiday ads that urge us to focus more on the materialistic and the consumer aspects of Christmas. The real joy of Christmas is not in the presents we exchange on Christmas Day, but rather in the presence of Jesus Christ with us, sent to us from the Father, gift-wrapped in swaddling clothes. We can also take joy in the many ways that Jesus remains present in our life, none more important than the sacrament of his sacred body and his precious blood. Every time we participate in the Eucharist, we encounter the one who came to save us. And at Mass, we celebrate the special union with Jesus. Soon, we'll be able to rejoice in the real presence of Jesus right here at the altar. The prophet Isaiah in the first reading, I think, summarizes it beautifully for us today. Be strong. Do not fear. Here is your God. He comes with vindication. He comes with divine recompense. He comes to save us. That is something we can all rejoice in.